Coaches Blacklist. And today I'm joined by the walking contradiction himself, a man who's excessively, not exceptionally, excessively talented, but also unnecessarily humble. He's gone from instigating fights between humans in Creed 2 to now instigating fights between alien robots in the most highly anticipated blockbuster of the year, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Cleveland's very own Stephen Cable Jr. Oh, uh, thank you, bro. That's a crazy intro. I was like, where is he going with this one? Nah, pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, my bro. Normally, what we do is ask you guys to introduce yourselves. So oh, yeah. Off, oh, feel free. Oh, not at all. Not at all. You did a great job, man. I try. I try. <laughs> I try. So, the world premiere was yesterday as we were just kicking it before we started recording yeah. um, at London's Leicester Square. You and the cast really showed out, all looking absolutely flawless, all sounding <laughs> great from what I saw. So, in one word or sentence, could you just what your life feels like right now right now oh man if, uh, I feel extremely blessed man right now at the moment yeah for sure as my phone just went off and I can also see my baby's face on it wow okay so yeah I feel good man life has been good just being here we're at the last stretch of our like tour like our press tour and like just seeing the fans reactions and people like the movie yeah. which I'm excited about you know you spent two and a half years in your own like bubble trying to like serve different um, I'll call them masters but it, that would even mean the fans myself mm-hmm. my own creativity yeah. like all that you know in terms of getting it right and then being like okay now people are reacting to it and dig it it feels good extremely blessed well people are really feeling it like it was literal audible screams in that theater yeah <laughs> since lockdown i would say that's the first time that i've been in a theater where certain scenes make people jump and actually oh, explode yeah because you know? i think at the beginning there was a bit of restraint you know how do mm-hmm. we even act in public anymore? <laughs> with this film it was like everybody just threw all that the window especially the kids i love that yeah especially the kids. yeah not to say adults weren't feeling it mm-hmm. but we felt it more when we saw how it made them feel yeah yeah, yeah. no trying to balance that out i mean there's jokes in there for kids and adults mm-hmm. there's uh horror moments in there for kids and adults there's action for kids and adults mm-hmm. there's design specifically for like robots from like this one's for the adults but yeah. this one's for the kids you know what i mean i'm trying to balance that out because i'm hoping you know parents would one take their kids there but two you have like fan dates way back right to like yeah. the 80s and 90s and like we're all grown adults now now, so it's like you want to be able to go to a movie and go okay it feels modern it feels mm-hmm. like I can watch this right now and still go it's cool yeah. you know and so uh, that was a challenge for sure but like to have that kind of response even for the kids yeah it's one movie there that you it's one cinematic experience you could definitely have where you could yell at the screen yeah. enjoy the moment and like that was the goal to create something fun like as cheesy as it may sound it just feels like again coming out of 2020 where everything was like we don't know if movie theaters are going to open up again mm-hmm. I was working on three other projects and I tell you right now they all were dramatic as hell they were like deep and it wasn't like oh people go to the theaters you might end up walking out crying one is philosophical and one was biographical or biograph whatever you know what I'm saying Leanne can you help me out with that biographical (laughs) you know what I'm saying you know I'm I'm like I don't know why I'm messing this up you know the coffee has not settled in yet but then none of them were like all right if I go to a cinema and like I'm around people to get this sort of vocal reaction that I wanted and honestly I got some of that in Creed too like that was great practice going to the movies and being like let's chase that reaction from the crowd let's make everyone go oh ah like Mm. doing the fight scenes and if I was able to do that here I would yeah Feel, it would feel great so I'm, I'm glad you said it was vocal yeah the multi-generational yeah. aspect of the film like particularly mm-hmm. does that provide like a challenge or 
somewhat of like an opportunity but like you said um, Transformers the entity began in 1984 yeah and the film is set in the 90s a little bit of both right because like it, it is a challenge and an obstacle but like felt a little natural at times mm-hmm. and what I mean is I, I feel I was born in the 80s so I was a kid during the 90s so it's like naturally I probably fell in that realm of creating something that felt nostalgic you know mm-hmm. the other half like for the kids now I had to tap into like the inner child which was fun you know what I mean like what would I want to see if I had a whole bunch of toys with me right now and I was playing with them how would my fight sequences look how would a transformation look so like that was fun and if I could feed the kids kids that then then great you know some of it went to designs like some designs are a little less aggressive and more playful more like upbeat and light you know not everyone is like Scourge where you got the mask on and when yeah. you guys haven't seen the movie yet but if when you see that mask come off you're like what the hell is like chains and stuff holding his face together like that sort of grit like not every robot had to feel that way mm-hmm. and uh, so balancing that out was a little tough but sometimes natural because just who I am as a person yeah the 90s the generation yeah I was just mm-hmm. saying with the 90s like specifically I feel like right now there's a bit of a skepticism you know of AI and chat with GPT and people yeah. like scared of tech mm-hmm. and then there was a point when uh, the Transformers first started, when mm-hmm. people had, you know, curiosity, like, oh, what, 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 can, what, that way? Yeah, mm-hmm. what can we tap into? What's going to mm-hmm. happen next? But I think setting the film in that specific time period yeah. allows for that little bit of nostalgia, but also that reflection where we can look back and be like, oh, there was a time when people were not quite sure about machines and robots, mm-hmm. but still had a little bit of excitement there. So mm-hmm. I was wondering why that era specifically uh, well, specifically for us, it was because, uh, I mean, you said something interesting there. I don't tap back into so. that. No, no, no. It was The AI thing is interesting because, like, one of the reasons the era was so cool was that there was a lack of, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't any cell phones. There wasn't anything that we could take videos. There wasn't, oh, let me just call my mom and tell her I'm leaving to Peru type of ordeal. Like, it was a little bit more, not, it wasn't that primitive, but, you know, it was a little bit more basic. And so um, that played into the era that we chose. The sort of reason we were in the 1990s because Bumblebee took off in 87 and we're like, what's the next step and then, yeah you could have gone 88 89 but like the 90s was like such a specific culture and like there was a shift there with music and entertainment and pop culture and wardrobe that i was like i want to tap into technology to pager things like that like i was like i want to tap into that more and so uh and i've never seen it on a big screen i've never seen like us on the big screen with those elements in it like recently you know so I was like I want to do that like the movies that were made with this kind of music and stuff like that were like independent black films from the Mm -hmm. states you know what I mean like that's what you got out of it you know whereas like now it's like I want to pay homage to that so you see those tidbits of juice and stuff like that within my film because those were the things that inspired me in the 90s and I hope people felt like they were going through this like time capsule if you will you know opening one up and being like oh wow this is really that era and then yeah it just you know seeing that mixed with the Transformers and Beast Wars came out in the 90s. There's that element too. So there's many reasons why to choose the 90s. Uh, but the AI bit, I'm like diving deep into it now because I'm just now like... I've been on a rock for two and a half years making this movie so coming up and being like oh now you know there's AI generated art and this that and the other like I'm just now stepping into that seeing what there is mm-hmm. I'm hopeful for it I'm hoping we find a balance yeah. to how to use it yeah. you know and not necessarily like just spit on the artists you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and move along like but figure out a way how artists can utilize the actual technology itself uh, especially in my field where yeah. we're like CGI characters and things like that like I don't want to take away from the artists who can actually create though yeah. You know, shout out to Fury and Eddie, Furio and Eddie and all the people who did the concept art for me. You know what I mean? Like Jared, like all these really talented artists, storyboard or concept artists that did the characters or 
but did the world work for me? Like that's specific, you know what I mean? Like you could type in some keywords and might generate something, but like, I don't know if talking robot is gonna be exactly a transformer, you know? With mm-hmm. the CGI aspect, I also, since you touched it already, I wanted to ask what the balance between, um, feel free to take a sip. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I wanted to ask what, um, it was like trying to, I guess, um, work within the confines or the opportunities that are provided of having CGI and live action as opposed mm. to just one or the other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And them interact, but also having to direct spaces and scenes where things might not be there, yeah, yeah. but things might be in your head. And mm-hmm. We did one scene in our film, our third act, a lot of it more, more so with CG and um, uh, uh, green screen work. Um, I love that third act. No, it's and it's yeah, because yeah, it's I epic. wanted to do some epic stuff mm-hmm. that I couldn't have our human characters around. <laughs> so that was a mixture of plates that were shot in Iceland from a second unit director to match all the like the actual fighting on the ground, but all the human stuff was done on a green screen because we couldn't take our actors there and be on top of a volcano, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The challenges are time. For us, if you go to Peru and actually shoot Machu Picchu, visually you're going to get better stuff. The quality is going to be great. You have to wait, though, for it, right? Like, the climate could change. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff, like the weather, altitude, that can really beat up the process. But the robots aren't there, but you can get your shot and act as if they are there, and then you have to just drop them in. Working in green screen, you have to build out the world. So, like, for example, if I'm in post looking at the Machu Picchu stuff, I'm like, ah, you know what? He's too bright. The sun wasn't bright that day. Let's let's dull down prime a little wow. bit. Let's do that kind of stuff. Like, you can shape up the robot to fit the environment. When you're doing total CG, you got to start with the environment mm-hmm. and really spend months in trying to get the environment right. Then drop in the robots. And then battle like, hey, bro, a lot of this one was like, you know, it's looking too much like a video game. We got to go this way now. We got to go push it because video games are looking this way. Like, And then that's because the whole world is CGI. Mm -hmm. And I I prefer on location shooting it and then dropping the robots in because it just feels more natural to me. I, I didn't like the process, even though Weta made it really uh easier for me but i just didn't like the process of like having to build the whole world entirely like, entirely you know what i mean like that was a little tough i'm just sitting here smiling because i've seen your your journey like with a different tree in the land and then now you're speaking about flying robots and CGI. <laughs> like, like, bro, like it's, it's wild it's, it's wild. wild it, it takes me aback as as a viewer as mm-hmm. an audience member as a spectator you know not, mm-hmm. so i can only imagine being in your shoes from that place there not to say it was a bad place because you're no, already showcasing no. so much potential you know mm-hmm. um, with the um, HBO awards and you know yeah. Sundance so it wasn't like you just came from nowhere you know there's there's, yeah. there's been graft put in to get here but for sure like it's surreal seeing that no it's, it is man like like a different tree was like you know a short film very small and so was the story but a super universal theme that a lot of people were able to relate to mm-hmm. you know um literally 10 years ago as well yeah, yeah was it, was it, what are we in anyway. 20 2023 yeah, ten years ago exactly. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So we've been we've been doing work to yeah. get to where we are now. But um no, it was just it was some short sweet and just to say, Hey guys, I know how to tell a story. You know, then you go to land that was like a love letter to my home, like, mm-hmm. you know, to, to Cleveland, Ohio and kids that I was mentoring. And you go to Creed, which is like my first studio film, which was like I was first hesitant at doing, um, you know, which people thought I was nuts and insane for, but it was just like stepping into a franchise that was so good and the people that were before me from Sly and Ryan. And then I don't know. Like I just took another big leap with Transformers.
performers. It was so much to learn with this project, but I was so excited about it. You know what I mean? Like to have butterflies every day because you're stepping into like uncharted territories for yourself, right? Like new areas of like development, creating, designing, sound. Um, all that is like I had to tap into something that I didn't tap into when I was in Creed. I had to tap into a kid for this one and be like, how do I have fun? But yet still become like the professional and like learn about yeah. all these new uh, areas that I didn't know about before, which is inter- crazy to think about. With that being said, you've been like super accessible and like super exposed. Like I saw yeah. you in Alfonso Nation and uh, <laughs> like I seen that like, with the press conference. Yeah, attended, he, he, like, he had me for that one. I know, Alfonso. Uh, <laughs> I am. I mean, mainly because like, why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. As of right now, why not? To me, it's like, yeah, I, there's no one person that owns Transformers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like to me, like I feel like this is an IP that fans come to and that live and dies by like the fans themselves. Mm-hmm. And like as someone who is a fan and felt like the films were kind of deviating from anything that I knew of in the past or anything I was connecting to. And then there was like no answer to the reason why just felt a little tough, you know? And so like for me interacting with those who are interacting back and I'm mainly the positive ones. There's a few negative ones where I'll be like, ah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you in terms of like the DMs or the the comment section, mm-hmm. but very lightly. You know, I won't spend too much time on negative energy. It's yeah. more so, you know, responding to like, hey, you just don't know yet. You got to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, then you come back and tell me you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And if you do, fine. Like, it's no hate against it, but it's like, I think to interact with like people who are about to watch a movie is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely had it in the past. You know, was just, when I stepped into Creed, it was like a lot of Creed haters, right? It was like, oh, Mrs. Cat, he doesn't know what he's doing. That's Y Z da 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 da, and it's fun. I screenshot those bad boys and be like, "Hey man, look, remember when you said this? Now your next post is like, man, I give this movie a, a, a eight out of ten. Or yeah. now I'm like, oh, that's pretty. That one out of ten was your first response, so mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take an eight. But it's not even a gloat as much as it is to just be like, you know, be patient. Like yeah. I think we're so quick to troll or jump online and say something. It's like I get it. I get where you're coming from. But for the fan fans like Afonso and a few other people that I've spoken to, I, I love their curiosity and passion. You know what I mean? Like the one with Alfonso was like the day I got the gig I was like who's this young dude tweeting about me you know what I mean and I was like he's like man I'm hoping it's gonna be XYZ man like I really enjoy Creed and I'm like oh this dude's young like he's this pushing forward yeah and I'm like he was first on it and I'm like appreciate that and then throughout it's like he's checking in with the film and he was DMing me for like two years I never responded I never responded and then finally I was like like let's chop it up and it was like let's do an interview Um, and I was and, you know started liking a few of his posts but that's where it started man and um yeah invited him out to the premiere to check out the film um no i just you know uh just started staying tuned i'm from a different generation you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i'm not from like again i'm in that weird gap so Mm -hmm. i know what it means to like interact with somebody if any if there's any celeb or people who responded to my my tweets if i was a teenager and or young adult that would have been great uh but i got zero nada so (laughs) maybe that's a part of what i'm holding on to that element of like you said transformers belonging to so many people and belonging to everyone Mm -hmm. but this transformers had it did have like a feeling of like it was a for me it was a hip-hop transformers me hearing biggie and nas on the soundtrack that was and then seeing um like toby up there seeing dominique up there Mm -hmm. seeing anthony up there you know for me yeah that that felt like a like my transformers it's a lot of black people that love transformers like don't get it twisted man like you know in the past it was geared towards the lincoln parks and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and everyone who drinks monsters (laughs) and red bulls all the time but like when i was growing up it was like my uncle's talking about Mm -hmm. it you know i got a a friend who we call og back at home in la and he's like i don't know maybe 
Trip 55. He has a tattoo of like Cybertron yeah. on his back, man, with the quote, like to all are one. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, you know, this is a brother like who's been around for a while. So like for me, uh, I was like, how do I feed that, you know, while still being myself and while still feeding the fans, you know? So I was like, come watch the Transformers movie that you always wanted, mm-hmm. you know, with the action, with with dope characters like Unicron being introduced and Scourge and the Maximals, but then also embrace this culture that you've also like yeah. admired over the years mm-hmm. and specifically the 90s, which was like the start of, I feel like hip hop really becoming universal, mm-hmm. like global, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I know Transformers 100% is for black people because I remember DMX and um, Get At Me Dog mm. when you referenced it. Optimus Prime. Yeah. Tra- Hold yeah. on, let's <laughs> so I, I know, I know Transformers is for yeah. us. He has a few references, man, for Optimus, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I've got these last quick fire questions for you. Um, kind of, okay. Time's very valuable, bro. So, right. what's your current plan B if everything were to go on his head I would say yeah yeah, yeah. I think about that all the time mm-hmm. I was thinking wow I literally thought about that yesterday I thought about how I don't have one that's mm-hmm. what's crazy I think part of the reason why I'm here right now is cause like I've never had a plan B like when I, when I said filmmaking was gonna be it 17, 18 years old I remember going through all the stages, like, you know, film school, this, that, and the other. Sorry, I know this is a rapid question, but like, (laughs) but like, I I just remember being like, don't have a plan B, like do this, because I never got sidetracked. I never went, it was like, oh, I'm gonna just do writing, or I'm never just gonna, I'm gonna be an actor. I got friends who started hosting TV shows and all, like all of that, when we were like, the the goal was directing. So I didn't have one in, I don't have one now. If all this goes sideways, I'm probably just going to be a dad and probably, weirdly enough, probably on my own coffee shop. Dope. Yeah, I love coffee. I'm not gonna lie. Coffee right now. Isn't that right, yeah. man? <laughs> <laughs> Give a shout out to the person grabbing coffee. <laughs> then what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? Sad, mad, and glad. Sad. I had my family here two days ago. We were in New York. I got sad when when they left out or the uh, the hotel to go back home. I have a newborn child. I was legit in a hotel room. Like, what am I doing here? Uh, mad. Uh, I I haven't. I'm mad that I didn't look at I, that the time difference. Are so tough out here that I couldn't watch the Miami Heat in a <laughs> Denver game. I tried to stay up. It was like 1:40 a.m. and it's like first quarter, and I was like, "This is how I have to watch the NBA out here." And I just no. went to sleep. No, no. So I'm mad at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I am mad at that. Um, and the fact that Denver's up as well, and glad. I know yeah. Jimmy Buckets, man. I'm actually uh, I'm wearing some of his brand stuff now that he has. Jeez, um, yeah, okay. his clothing brand. Um, glad. Oh, I'm glad we come out this week for sure. Yeah. Thank you, bro. And then what are you watching right now? What am I watching right now? I just finished Succession, mm-hmm. and I'm jumping into. Ugh, Dominique's been on me, man. It's just too dark to watch. Swarm. She's been on me this whole tour. She's mad I didn't watch. <laughs> Swarm. It's hard to watch her that light. I'm like, it's just difficult, man, but I will. It looks good. So, yes. What are you reading right now? What I'm reading? Oh, I can't tell you that. It's a script. That's all I can say. It's a script. Oh, my next question was going to be, what are you going to be doing next? But let me ask you, what are you listening to right now? What I'm listening to right now? Uh, this morning was Prince. Uh, that's what I've been on. Shout out to the public. Yes, this has been Prince mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've also got your, what's the last thing that you saw on stage, if you're a theater buff? Oh, the last thing I saw on stage? Uh, oh, uh, Top Dog. Um, damn, Top Dog Underdog? 
Oh, Yaya Mateen and Corey Hawkins played in this play called Top Dog. Nobody knows the play. Hold on. I think I that's know. what's cool. That's why I've been joking. Yeah, you know, it's Top Dog. Yeah, Top Dog Underdog, right? Yeah, Top Dog Underdog with uh, Yaya and um, Corey. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw it in New York on Broadway. Uh, whew, what was that, January maybe? Yeah, tears. Like, that was tears. That was tough. And I think originally, one of the original cast was the most deaf and something like that, like 20 years ago. Sick. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you. What's your happy place? Synergy. Happy place? Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's legit a coffee shop. Just mm-hmm. hanging out at a coffee shop drinking coffee is my thing. Nice. Yeah. And then celebrate um somebody else. Uh, I would definitely celebrate my dog Bernie right now. Uh, he's a co-producer on this project, but he started off as my assistant, and uh, he moved his way up. Um, so yeah, it feels like every champagne bottle and cigar I have from the rest of this tour should be about celebrating his uh, his rise. Thank you. That's a good one. The Thank last you. thing I was gonna say is, uh, I guess. Um, where can we hope to find you and see you? Maybe and hopefully with the franchise still. And um, yeah, and maybe try to dabble into TV a little bit. Thank yeah, you. I'm on the show. All right. Thank Appreciate you, brother. You, brother. Thank Appreciate you, so much, you as well, man. Thank you for the wonderful Appreciate interview, you, bro. I tried my best. You killed that. You killed that.